Christ. For the impartation, for the strength, and for the wisdom you have continually given to us, building us strong. The Bible says that even though the outward man perishes, the outward man has to do with our body, our physical body. Even though the outward man is perishing, he's decaying, he's sick. He falls sick, become well again. He's subject to to hunger, to sickness, to limitations and all that. You see, even though the outward man perishes, the inward man is renewed day by day. The inward man. So we have the outward man, we have the inward man. Amen. Are you aware of that? As a Christian, are you aware that you have your inward man and your outward man? There are many Christians who are not aware of that. They just live their life just like that. They just flow. And because they are not aware of this dimension of their existence, you see that the quality of their life with reference to God is so poor. You see, so we have the outward man, we have the inward man. The inward man is not subject to time and change. The inward man lives forever and ever. The inward man is that man through which you can contact God and interact with him. That inward man is the real you. The outward man is what they call the earth suit. Your body, the organs, the bones, the blood. But the real you is not subject not something physical. It has an eternal, you know, vista, if you like. And as a child of God, who is passing through this realm of existence at this point in time, you must have a full understanding of who you are, physically and spiritually, so that you don't get caught up in the quagmire of confusion that is making a lot of Christians victims of this system here. Some because they don't know they have the outward man and the inward man. They just simply yield themselves to the demands of the outward man that perishes. So they live all their existence every day. Even though they are Christians, they live based on the demand of the outward man. They invest all their time, all their energy, you know, satisfying the cravings and the demands of the outward man. But the Bible has already given us a history of the outward man. It perishes. Jesus buttresses this point more in John chapter 6 when he says, the spirit gives life. For the flesh profits nothing. He is one who created you. He knows your constraint. And he's telling you, I created you. There's the inner you and the outer you. 
The outer you profits nothing. Don't mind his demands. Rather, focus on the demand of the inner man because the inner man is the real you that will take you far. The inner man will take you both through this realm and transverse you into the realm of eternity. You must catch this wisdom as a child of God. You must understand this as a Christian so that you can play your principal role effectively. Because the more you come close to God as a child of God, the more you discover that the Christian life isn't all about going to church on Sunday, receive communion, and go back home. If that is still your understanding about Christian life, sorry, you may not go too far. As a matter of fact, you are living under deception. The Christian journey is an eternal journey, began on the physical realm. So we must catch the wisdom on how to deal with the outer man and deal with the inner man. Okay? We must learn to catch the wisdom to deal with the outer man and also deal with the inner man. Very important. The outer man is perishing no matter how it brandishes itself. No matter how this realm, this realm of time tries to project the duty of the body. But whether we like it or not, it is what? Perishing. And unfortunate. The philosophy of the body has trapped many already. They are victims of the wisdom that governs the outer man. Just as we have a wisdom that governs the outer man, there's also a wisdom that governs the inner man. The wisdom that governs the outer man leads to destruction. It's temporal. It's subject to change. It's subject to sickness. It's subject to failure, limitation, frustration, carnality, destruction. It does not last. It fades away. It's a matter of time. What this system desires, this, this uh, outer man desires, are not things that can last are not things that are immortal. They desire things that are very mortal because they say uh, like terms are trapped in themselves, right? Good. So because it is it is it's subject to mortality, what it craves for are things that are only on the same realm with it. So it desires things that are mortal. So if you are Trusting and believing that your body will help you to crave for the things of the spirit. Sorry. It is not on that same realm. So it is the spirit that is immortal that will crave for the things that are immortal. And many Christians are having a conflict of how do they play their card well when the demand of the immortal, which is their spirit, begins to come. It conflicts with the demand of their body. And they begin to have issues. And because the wisdom that governs this outer man is contrary to the wisdom that governs the inner man, there is war between your spirit and your body. And if you notice very well from the book of Genesis, 
Adam had issues basically because the Bible says the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The three is summed into what they call concupiscence. And concupiscence has to do with the body. So the Adam, our foreparents, had issues because they yielded to the heavy demand of this body. On account of that, they violated the law of the spirit. On account of that, because what you yield yourself to is what will lord it over you. So as Adam yielded to the cravings of and the, the philosophies of the flesh, he was trapped in that realm. So his spirit became a slave to his body. Instead of the body becoming what? The slave to the spirit. Jesus said, the body is weak, but the spirit is willing. This is very crucial for us to understand. Because as we are traversing time and moving in our pregame journey, for you to strike out with your purpose with God, your journey with God, you must be able to have a buoyant understanding between these two realms. And then play the wiseness of God to give credence more to that which lives for eternity. How many of you will allow your left, your, your leg to be cut off so you can save your shoe? Hmm? Now something is going to happen and your, the thing is coming to cut your leg and your shoe. You decide to remove your shoe and say, let my leg be cut. And then the thing will cut your leg. <laughs> when your leg is cut, then which leg will wear the shoe again? That is the wisdom of the flesh. You see, we are mortgaging what should bless our spirit for the flesh. And any day, the spirit says, it can't stay anymore. What happens? We say the person is dead. And then the body that is making all the demands cannot even make use of the things, the cravings it can make demand for. So it is very crucial that we understand this so that we can gain the wisdom of eternity. We can gain the wisdom of eternity. And that's the wisdom the Holy Spirit wants to always communicate to Christians. We must understand his purpose at this point in time. You know, I keep telling us about decoding the agenda of the Holy Spirit per time, per section, per season. At every variance of time, there is something the Holy Spirit is doing. Okay, for us now as a nation, with all that is happening, right? If you don't understand what is happening in the Spirit, you will misconstrue what is happening now. Nothing happens for nothing. There is nothing that happens by coincidence. Every human being is under the inspiration of something, whether it is the Holy Spirit or the unholy spirit. Whatever we are transacting now, you and I, all of us, in this realm of life, is well orchestrated from the spirit. Your brain is simply a node that traps information from the spirit and you, are, you start exercising them as your choice and decisions. You are a puppet under a spirit, whether you are well fit or not. Amen. <laughs> huh? The 
because man was factored and created in such a way that what rules him in the spirit is not given to man to order his steps. Even when you say, I made this choice, child of God, let me tell you, something made you to make that choice. Something. Whether you are aware of it or not. That you call choice. That you call freedom. That you call decision. You even have the capacity to decide. Because something gave you the raw material to even conceive. What inspired you to even make that decision? It's beyond you. Very important. And when you understand this, when you see human beings and the way they act, you don't react again the way you react from the carnal point of view. Because you know this person is under the influence. As I'm standing here, I know I'm under an influence. By my day-to-day life, you will know whether it is of uh, the good spirit or the bad spirit. Because in this world, we are, we are living in the pool of different types of spirits. As a matter of fact, we have more spirits operating on earth than humans. We actually too. We are spirits, but we are called the embodied spirits. Then those other ones that we cannot see physically are disembodied spirits. And we are privileged to have body because we can interact in this realm and also interact in the other realm at the same time. But they cannot interact in this realm. They only have the ability to interact in the other realm only. But they want to have access here too. So what do they do? Because they are wise beings, they now engage the faculties of your operation to use you to achieve their aim even without them coming to this way. So they engage your, your system and use your body to achieve their aim. And the one you partner with that uses you all the time becomes your Lord. Yes. Yes. The Bible says, whoever, whoever you yield your members to becomes your Lord. That is why the call of the evening, the Bible says in the book of Genesis, every evening God comes down to relate with Adam and partner with him to carry out his own assignment on earth. So Adam was actually a puppet in the hand of God. After each interaction with God at the cool of the evening, the next morning, he begins to what? Advance the consequence of their fellowship. So Adam will go to God in the cool of the evening and stay with God till morning. As the sun is rising, Adam is rising to advance the consequences of whatever has happened between the two of them throughout the cool of the evening. That is why they say the day begins in the evening, not in the morning. Okay, let me discuss a little bit. The night time that we take is the time for us to sleep. It's actually the time for us to go and do what? Interact with God. That's when man finds true rest. Rest is not sleep. Rest, true rest is not sleep. True rest is union with God. Intercourse with God. Our souls are restless until they rest in God, St. Augustine says. So, Adam, 
Adam was a puppet in the hand of God. So, based on his intimacy with God, our relationship with God that was progressive, calculated, and intensive, Adam was able to carry out, diffuse out the consequence of that intimacy. And our God warned him and said, the day you allow another spirit to use you, you cannot serve two masters. The one you yield yourself to will become your master. And one day Adam went and listened to the voice of Satan. And as he now took the instruction of Satan, what happened? He came under the government of what? Satan. So the devil now started using him. So spirits are very jealous entities. Be it the good spirit or the bad spirits. They are very jealous entities. And God has created us with, with, with understanding to always open ourselves up to the good spirit. So you have a responsibility to always design the good spirit when they are engaging your faculty of knowledge, your faculty of consciousness, your faculty of the faculty of your emotions. You should be able to design this demand, this spirit is asking me now, this thought that is coming, this picture. What is it asking you to achieve? By their works, you shall know them. So you can design and say, this thought telling me to do this, I think is not a good thing. You have right to shut the door and refuse. Even Jesus himself cannot force himself into your faculties. Are you aware of that? He says, I knock at the door of your heart. Because your hearts have doors. Hmm? Yesterday, I began the training with the children about the mind. The, the gaze of the mind, the eyes, the ears, the mouth, the skin. Okay? So that's the door. You can open your door. If you don't open for him, he will not come in. He can't force himself into your life. So you have a choice to make. But whether you like it or not, a spirit must what? Rule you. One spirit must rule you. Either the good spirit or the bad spirit. Amen. Praise the Lord. Your spirit man is what, is what hosts the spirit that communicates through you. You see, your spirit interacts with spirits and then your body carries out the consequence of the interaction between your spirit and another spirit. How many of you agree with me? You agree with me? Yes. If you agree with me, say amen. amen. So our Christian journey, our Christian pilgrimage, every day is to train our spirit in such a way that it has the capacity to always interact with the spirit that is holy. And we pick signals from him day by day. And as we listen to him and he gives us the instruction and the what to do when we walk in the light of the spirit that is holy. By so doing, the spirit that is holy becomes the lord of our spirit. Because one spirit must be the lord of your spirit. That means he must be the landlord of your spirit. And whatever becomes the landlord of your spirit, you are a slave to that spirit. He rules you, whether you are baptized or not. 
whether you receive communion or not, whether you are a member of the CMO or not, that spirit will lord it over you. Waste more. Write the question down. Praise the Lord. This is what we must know as Christians. Because we want to discover something. Why there, there are so many issues that we are battling with as Christians. And we are saying, God, where are you? God, why is this happening? Why is it like this? Why is it like that? We should go back to ourselves and find out, is there something wrong with the way we are going about this whole thing? What spirit are you giving credence to rule your spirit? What spirit have you opened yourself up to? Every day you wake up, you go about your business and your daily task. What spirit rules you? What spirit inspires your actions? The choices you make. Who determines them? Don't think it doesn't matter. Oh, child of God, sorry. If you say it doesn't matter, you are joking. You are joking. You are joking. Every decision you make, every choice you make, Every passion you allow to develop inside of you is given credence to a spirit somewhere. Each day of your life is a consequence. Either to the good spirit or to the bad spirit. Whatever a man will sow, the Bible says, will do what? You will reap. On that day, when you are going to disembody your spirit, to step into the realm of other spirits, you will see what you have done to yourself. That's when it will dawn on you that you have been cowed all these years, thinking you are living a good life, but you have been cowed to be a big fool. And unfortunately, when you are traversing and you don't have the body again to change course, sorry. That means you've been deceived. It means you've been deceived and you have failed, not just God, you failed yourself. You fail to promote yourself in the realm of the spirit because every day of your life is a moment of growth. The choices you make, the decisions you make are actually meant to, you know, they are all moments of growth. So you can actually grow in the negative or grow in the positive. That's what it means to live the Christian consciousness. You cannot change a man's life until you have changed the source of his inspiration. <laughs> I can't change you until I change the source of the information you get every day. Praise the Lord. If I, if I don't cut off the source of what is inspiring you, you will continue to manifest that which inspires you. The Bible now says, guard your heart. Whenever the Bible says, talk, you know, says things about the heart, it talks about your spirit. Guard your spirit with all diligence, for out of it issues the things of life. If you don't guard it, the issues of death will engage your spirit. So to the degree to which you allow the spirits to mount on you and use you will determine the results you see in your life. We just ended our teaching on the office of the Christ. 
which is crystallized in God's investment in our lives through his life, nature, and spirit. And was able to understand deeply that one of the things that happened to us, which is wrapped up in our baptism, is that in baptism, our spirit was united with the spirit of Christ. Okay? You see, whoever is united to the Lord is one and the same spirit within. Paul now goes back to explain and said, we have not received the spirit of bondage to fear. So when man yielded to the desire of the spirit by eating the forbidden fruit, because it, was not, it wasn't man who just decided on his own. A spirit wanted man to desire it. And as man yielded to it, then the spirit that inspired the desire, <laughs> the spirit that inspired the desire, then came into him. And that spirit is called the spirit of bondage. And the first dividend of the spirit of bondage is classical fear. And that fear manifested when God now came at the cool of the evening looking for man again, man began to run away. Every spirit has an appetite. But they can't express their appetite in this realm. So they need you. So when the spirit comes, this spirit wants to kill somebody. So he now begins to work on the appetite of this man through his mind, through his emotions. And then this man, if he doesn't guard his heart, he will yield to that inspiration that comes in form of pictures, ideas, imaginations, and what have you. And if he now begins to dwell in that inspiration, that inspiration that is coming from that spirit has the capacity to begin to walk inside of him in such a way that because he has endorsed those inspirations, it wraps up his own spirit and begins to produce the necessary energy to execute the the the, the reality of the, of, of the inspiration. So you will see him now. He will start developing anger, developing all kinds of things. The energy will well up in his soul until finally when the sufficient energy has been built up, he will rise to be fully convinced. Now he is fully possessed, not by that spirit, but by the inspiration of that spirit. And because he's already a slave to the idea or the inspiration of that spirit, it is taken for granted that that spirit has possessed him. But that spirit is not there in particular. There is still going to be somewhere, but he has given him an assignment. And now, he's now working under the dictates of that spirit. And you will see him, he will now execute a murder. And look, when you when you get hold of him, you say, I didn't know what came over me. Truly, something came over him and dominated him and used him. He may be remorseful about what has happened, but the interest 
of that spirit has found a special in this realm. And you know what? The rank of this spirit has increased because he rules in the realm of the spirit, he rules in the realm of men. So how many spirits have you given promotion? <laughs> how many spirits have you given heavy rank by buying their products every day? No, I think this should what to stop this kind of uh, teaching. No, it's not necessary. Mm? No, 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 no. Because there will be fear in the house of God. Mm. Let's let's just recite litany, eh? What do you think? Amen. Amen. We are supposed to know things like this. As parents, you should know this. When your children start acting strange, it's not by shouting. That child is under administration. <laughs> and you should not take it what lightly. He has been empowered by an administration from a spirit that is already taking hold of his soul. And once his soul is saturated with the energy that is inspiring him, you'll be shocked. The journey you know will suddenly change. John, what has happened to you? This is not a child I gave birth to. Yes, it's true. Because he has come under a government. Every spirit has a ruling dimension. Every spirit wants to rule you. May God deliver us from the false spirits in the name of Jesus Christ. It's a pathetic thing, child of God. Those arguments in your mind are inspirations from spirits. How do you know when they are not of God? When they argue against the things of God. You just see yourself developing an aversion towards the things of God. You rationalize the things of God. But when it comes to the things of this world, you have so much support for it. Something is wrong. Something is wrong fundamentally. Your gates are open to illegal operations of the Spirit. If you understand this, dealing with human beings will be very easy for you. You will not just conclude any longer. You will even understand yourself that when something is happening to you, you can say, I know what is happening to me. I'm not ignorant of the devices of the enemy. Because he doesn't want you to know. He makes you believe that your thoughts are your thoughts. He makes you believe that your mind, what is going on in your mind is you are, you are the one you know, staring them. He makes you believe that everything is you, 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 you. So you, that's why you feel guilty. You start condemning yourself. When the one pushing to do those things are there, Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is bringing us into this realm to activate our sensitivity so that you can, out of anger, take a stand in your heart and say, enough is enough. I've been used enough. And you can stand and pull your energy and say, from now henceforth, it's time for me to listen to the Spirit of God. Direct my steps. God loves you so much. He wants to lead you to places of peace, joy, happiness. Where you will strike up with your eternity. But these other spirits that oppress basically through witchcraft, 
Witchcraft is the highest extraordinary in the realm of the spirit of the devil. That's what he uses more. And witchcraft means to bend. So, the devil wants to bend you from going to where you are going. He will tell you the way to social places this way. He deceives you. You waste all your time looking for the place you never see it. He distracts you. Why do you think the thoughts you think? If you don't vet your thoughts, then it means you are a mool in the hand of, the, of, of, of spirits. There are times in those days, I didn't know when I go for evangelism like this or whatever, and we are teaching, you know, and you notice some people who are a little bit uh, aversive with what they're saying. You know, we take it on a kind of level. But as time went on, the Lord began to help us on design to say that when people start resisting what they're saying, it is not them. There's a spirit that ministers to them to make them resist what they're saying. So you need to help them in prayer to cut off the source of that ministration. Once the person doesn't have sufficient argument to resist again, you see the person say, ah, I think what you're saying is true. You have a son. Every time you say something, he resists you. Ah, ah. Hey, daddy, go and put your knees on the ground. You may beat him up. You will not solve the problem. Until the source of that inspiration to resist you as a father is dealt with. You are raising a son who will be rebellious tomorrow. You have a daughter. You will say, hey. She will say, hey, hey. Ah. Child of God, get prepared. Change your regalia. Because something is fishing. That is why if you don't subject your children to prayer, where the Holy Spirit will be dealing with those inspirations in their minds, hey, you will just raise human beings who have no connection with God. As long as they are under, they are under your roof, what you decide is what must happen. And you must, within the range of the first 14 years that you have as a parent, to impact them with the things that will help the spirit to connect to them eternally. So that when you, even when you are no longer there, you have done the needful. Themselves will even see the need to always be connected to the spirit. And that's actually what happens during parenting. But today, that's been bastardized. No time for parenting again. So the devil has a few days to raise our children for us. Hello? Are you together? <laughs> so, you can be vested with all that God has given in Christ. Eh? You are carrying his nature, you are carrying his spirit, you receive communion, you carry holy water in one pocket, rosary in another pocket, you, will, you have all the stickers of Jesus everywhere, you have even altar at home where you need unto Jesus every day. That is good. But which spirit is ruling your heart. Join all the societies in church, no problem. St. Anthony, eh? Hmm? St. Agatha. It doesn't matter. Which spirit is having the upper hand in the inner sanctuary of your soul? Because spirits seek to be in sanctuaries, and your spirit is a sanctuary. You don't know that. Your spirit is a temple. It is factored by God. He has built a very beautiful temple in your spirit. That's why he can come there. But if he's not there, other spirits will come in and say, wow, there's accommodation here. Have you forgotten? The man that had a, a legion inside of him, 
and when uh, he was uh, when the devil was cut out, Jesus was saying, when the devil is cast out, you go and then when he comes back and the sanctuary is not occupied by the owner, just as we have uncompleted building here and there, when the owner is not occupying it and there's no door, what happens? They will come and live in it for you. Run the place for you. You can imagine. Are they going to run it well? Because they don't have a sense of value. They will break all the lovers. You start cooking with firewood on your granite. Because they don't know the worth. <laughs> so that devil, when he comes and finds accommodation, what happens? He goes and says, hey, guys, I was alone since I was selfish. That's what they dealt with me. Please come. There's accommodation in this sanctuary. Come. And the Bible says the first will be in a worse situation. You are a moving sanctuary. Whether you like it or not, if you don't serve God, the devil will occupy your place. Go and write it down and mark it in your, in, in, in your, in your house. If you like it or not. If God does not occupy your sanctuary, all that spirits will enter and they will control you with your brain. Spirits are very intelligent beings, be it the good spirit or the bad spirits. Even the bad spirits, they were with God before. They were actually supposed to be good spirits. Or they, were, they, they became corrupt. But the wisdom that rules them, God didn't take away from them. So they are now using their wisdom in a very perverse uh, way. So they are smart beings. When the spirit comes and he wants to take hold of this guy here, the first thing he does is to do what they call mapping. Mapping. The mapping is he will scan this person and find out the system that runs his system. And then he will adjust and become a template for this guy. By so doing, he now knows what this guy likes. The things that appeals, you know, appeals to him, he will know his weaknesses and his strengths. And based on the information it has gathered, he cannot play along. <laughs> you already know that this guy likes cars. Then he will not put appetite for car, cars in him. The guy will have seven cars. He's not satisfied yet. He continues. But in his own mind, he is saying, ah, I love cars, you know. I just buy them. I just love buying cars. If he is, he's the one making the decision. Even when it is working against him. But he doesn't know. He's satisfying, satisfying a craving of a spirit that has done mapping upon him and is playing along with him. Likewise, too, when I talk about the negative forces, when the Holy Spirit comes to you, too, he does the same thing. That's why you must train yourself on the path of God. When the Holy Ghost comes, he sees your interest. Which aspect of your life is that aspect that you that, that is yielded to God? He now does the same mapping and then begins to minister to you from that area. You see how he respects you. Because they are spirit beings. They are intelligent. Hello. Come up, come up, come up, come up. Are we together here? Eh? Your minds are running into so many things. <laughs> Don't worry. Come back here. Come back here. We're here. We are still here together. Hmm? The Holy Spirit is taking us here because He wants us to begin to take some bold steps 
And as you take those bold steps and sustain them, you know the same time you're going to see a big change. I tell you, even though the outward man is perishing, the inward man is renewed day by day. Anger is the spirit. He comes. He has studied you. And I've seen those things that puts you off. Ah, okay. Then he takes charge of your days and plots moments that will hurt you. So he can always find expression through you. And even when you don't want to be angry, you see yourself still eh, angry. And you think it's normal. We can't be ignorant of the devices of the enemy. God wants to be the sole, you know, possessor of our sanctuary. And that's why we must fight to offer him our sanctuary full and entire. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Why those details? Because your mind, your heart, your strength, your soul constitute the pillars of your soul, the pillars of your sanctuary. And whatever dominates your soul and your mind rules your body. Come, Holy Spirit. And fill the hearts of the faithful. And what? And the kingdom in us, the fire of your love. So you must allow him to enkindle in your chambers, in the chambers of your soul, his fire. There must be a burning flame always in your sanctuary. May that fire burn in your soul continually in the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says, the spirit of man is a candle of the Lord. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27. Write it down. Write it down. Your spirit is a candle. Proverbs chapter 20 from verse 27. The spirit of man is the lamp or the candle of the Lord. Are we there? The spirit of the man of man is a candle of the Lord, searching out his inmost being. So your spirit, which is the inner man, is supposed to be a candle, as we have it here, right? It's a candle. And every candle is supposed to host a light. And light is meant to give way. You see? So when the spirit of man is lighted up, when the spirit of man is lighted up, then man, 
because his spirit has come alive, he can search in the midst of darkness to see the things of God. But if the spirit of man is not lighted, and darkness is everywhere, the Bible says darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness the peoples, how will this man now, who is a spirit, locate the things of God? He can't. Because he cannot see. He is lost. Have you heard about lost souls? Hmm? As souls don't have the light of God. And because they are lost souls, then the devil can engage them. Because what deters the devil is this light. So because they are lost and they don't know the direction, then these spirits can come and begin to minister to their minds, minister to their emotions through the principle of mapping, right? Are we together here? Through the principle of mapping, come to this person, he maps this person, he maps this person, then he can, they can even map a family and then rules them. Hey, this is what happening. He's so deep, oh. He's so deep. <laughs> you know, we call it advanced Bible class, eh? Advanced. No, it's not for, it's not a, a superficial. Families have been mapped. Individuals have been mapped. Cities have been mapped. And every individual, every family, every town, every city manifests unique traits and characters that are ascribed to spirits. Either good spirits or what? Bad spirits. Do you agree with me first of all? Because even as I'm talking right now, some people in their minds are arguing. Some might say, how is it possible? Now, let me help you to see how it's possible. When God told Adam, please, of all the trees in the garden, you can partake of, but of this, do not partake of it. Adam said, yes, sir. Was Eve there? No. When Eve came up, what happened? Adam related to Eve what God said. And Eve took it. Then Adam went to exercise dominion over his territory. And Satan came and engaged the woman and said, did God say? Praise the Lord. Where was the devil when God was telling Adam that he came to the woman and said, did God really say that of all the trees that he bought, this one should not eat? So it means Satan was there and he had the discussion between God and Adam. They are intelligent beings. They have access to certain information. You know, we Christians, eh? We can take this for granted, eh? We can presume a lot. So now, as we are on this uh, freaking journey, 
at this point in time, the Holy Spirit is increasing his, you know, advancement to raise a church without spots, without wrinkle. What does that mean? A church that is not under the influence of the negative forces. And the church is not a building. You are the church. I am the church. We must subscribe to what the spirit is doing now. And the devil knows that this is the agenda of heaven. And himself too. I say, wow. Holy Spirit, I know you. That this is what you want to do. To raise a people in my own domain who will be impeccable. Like I cannot have control. So it is a, it's a fight of what? Control. Who controls who? They have been fighting that for, for generations. And they still fighting now. I must control them. They must all bow to me. I must rule their spirit. They must allow me to exercise my own substance through them. So he's inspiring a lot, raising structures, raising you know, uh, systems in this world. Devising means to bring men under his control so he can influence them and use them to achieve his aim. You may hate him, but he will use you to achieve his aim. Amen. Amen. Look at baptism. Did you do it, just Satan? Yes, sir. All oh, his works? Yes, sir. But still, after that, he wants to do some business. He said, boy, come. He just factors in some things in your brain and then push you. You execute it. But I don't like the devil, though. I don't like the devil, you know. I just go to my church. I serve my God. I have nothing to do with him. But every day, he used to advance his own kingdom. And what does, he, what does he do? He shuts down your sensitivity in the spirit. Where you now believe that you are the one doing what you are doing, that is my choice. It's my life. It's my choice. It's my life. I live my life the way I want. Hey, who gave you that template that you say is you want? That template that you're saying, I want. Hey, you want it. You have a, an understanding in your mind. The way you want it, who gave it to you? Where do you get it from? He gave it to you. And now you have made it, you have personalized it. And the guy is still somewhere with his cigarette and cup of tea, and you're busy advancing what he wants, and you're calling it your want. So that's why Paul says we should not be ignorant of the devices of the enemy and what he's doing. We must open up ourselves and key into the agenda of the Holy Spirit, who also brings us out from all this, even though we are children of God. Still, Many are babes in the spirit. The devil comes and uses them and God is not happy. You're not bringing him glory. You are bringing glory to the devil. You are advancing his own cause. You are using your material, you are using your, your energy, your whole life to advance the cause of the devil. No. When you are supposed to burn for God, you are born for the devil. You say you don't want him, but you are helping him in his ministry. You are lying to use your instruments, to use your thoughts, to use your mind, engage your emotions, engage your, engage your spirit and your body. Look what Paul says in Romans chapter 12 from verse 1. He says, brethren, offer your very selves as living sacrifice. If you don't offer yourself to God, you will necessarily offer yourself to the devil. Because there's no empty sacrifice anywhere. You are created to be a sacrifice, either to God 
Or the devil will use you. So who are you burning for? Who are you burning for? If our spirit is a lamp of the Lord, is a candle of the Lord, then we will surely burn for God. I must burn for God. You must burn for God in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. That must be your decision. Every day you wake up, he say, my energies must be for God. If you don't engage your enemy energies to serve God, the devil will stop them, whether you like it or not. He knows how to manipulate you. He knows how to handle you. He will map you up. And you will see a template in him. So that when he speaks to you, you will think it is your voice speaking to you. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. All right. Some people are still arguing in their mind. Eh? The photograph is just showing me. Okay, let me just give you another Bible, Bible citation that will clear this. When the devil came to Jesus, okay, when he was fasting and praying for 40 days and 40 nights, right? Did he come with his horns? I said, don't you know me, devil? You know what he said? He knows Jesus is a spiritual man. And Jesus knows the word of God. Right? He now came to him and said, it is written. Eh? He said, turn these stones to become loaves of bread. And Jesus said, it is written. And the second one, it is written. And the devil now said, it is also written. The first one, he studied him. He mapped him up. And so that this man is not under the influence of his appetite. Second one, he made to attempt him to jump from the from the from the pinnacle down. And he saw that this man does not put God to the test. That means he doesn't take anything for, for granted. He now said the best thing now is to let me go into that area of his uh, stronghold and use what he has. Devil is, a, is a, an intelligent being. And then he quoted scriptures. He gave Jesus the real scriptures. But Jesus was more intelligent. Through the help of the Holy Spirit. He was able to dazzle that. So at the end of it all, the devil could not move him to do what he wanted to do. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to you know, bring about in our lives. All that you see that is happening today in the whole world, the Christ we are seeing, is just to keep us busy and distracted from what God wants to do in our lives. Are we together here? That's why those who understand what is going on, they don't, they don't get distracted by all this. They don't get distracted by all this. They put school upheavals, the crises that we are finding everywhere, in America, price of things are doubling and doubling. The economy is collapsing in, in, in Germany. You know, Europe is exposed to all kinds of heat. Disasters here and there. All this is to trap man. To think about itself and forget his mission. They are all distractions. But those who understand know that all these are coming our way because the devil is playing all this and so we will be focused on what the Holy wants to do. What is he trying to do? To make sure he presents us, trains us, make us to grow into the version of ours, our, our life that must be compatible with God. So now we have begun the journey here, we'll be baptized here, and we're in that beginning journey day by day, 
through the word of God, through our interaction with the Spirit, we are moving, we are learning again how to live with the God that has created us. And as we are moving day by day, the devil say, no, I can't allow them to complete this journey. I must distract them. Instead of them get to where they are supposed to go, I must drag them into my own realm. Why should I be the one to suffer alone? So he brings all this distraction to your way and make you compromise and then lose the sight of your journey. But God, who is here, who has created his own image and likeness, wants us in our journey to grow to a point where before we reach him, we will attain that version of us that become one with him. Where we shall become as he truly is. Shout it, amen. Amen. And that's what the Holy Spirit will do to present us what? Glorious to the Father. Without spots, without wrinkles without carnality, without confusion, without limitation, without fear, without uh, rascality, without all the things that the devil wants to in, you know, bring in us through his own inspiration. So that's why before you traverse this realm of life, you must have attained that version of you that when you step into God, you become one with him. No way to pass. Many have reached that already, even while they are earth here. And you see all kinds of supernatural manifestations in their life. Many are still on the way. Why there are still many who are still trapped in their old version? In other words, more than ever, what the Holy Spirit wants to achieve in our lives now as Christians, are you listening? Is that you grow. Is that you grow. You must grow spiritually. Spiritual growth is a project that the Holy Spirit spends so much to execute in the body of Christ. Most intercession is not about, you know, saving souls, but making the souls that have been saved to grow and manifest the version that can be compatible with their creator. And you must be able to know at every point in time which version of your growth are you manifesting? Do you know the beautiful thing about growth in the spirit? Amen. Are we together here? Say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mm? you can't afford to be distracted mm? because this is a serious issue. Come alive, come alive, come alive, come alive. Wave your hand. Say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Are we together? Are you getting blessed? Check your, check, check your neighbor to see what we are together. Because some, it's like, we have left some. We have left some people. They are not behind. Hmm? You must be in the same flight, too. <laughs> you know, the mind is so complex that only the Holy Spirit can deal with it. So while I'm talking, the Holy Spirit is doing a lot of things in your mind. Your mind. He has taken your mind somewhere. Pa, 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 pa. All kinds of strange journey are going on right in your mind. And the devil doesn't like it because he wants to rule your mind. <laughs> so what was I saying? Hmm? Spiritual growth is the most you know, heaviest investment of the Holy Spirit in the body of Christ. Because he must present the church without spots, without wrinkles. 
God the Father has created, God the Son has rescued, but the Holy Spirit must do what? Take us on that journey. That's why he came on the day of Pentecost, he's still with us, to make sure we all grow. You feel with the word of God, you receive communion, you're baptized, all the sacraments are meant to what? Ginger growth. Supernatural growth, manifestation unto you, a fashion of you, because man is a compendium of fashions. Let me help you to explain something. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, you can write now. Growth in the spirit is called metamorpho. Growth in the spirit is called metamorpho. Or metamorphosis, if you like. Man is a culmination of different dimensions all wrapped up in one person. Man is a culmination of different dimensions all wrapped up in one person. As one engages the infrastructure of spiritual growth, as one engages the instrument of spiritual growth, one migrates from one version of self to a higher version of self. As one grows, as one engages the infrastructure or the instrument of spiritual growth, mm-hmm, one migrates or moves, if you like, from one version of self to a higher version of self. Are we together? You may ask for Father Vincent. Which one the version again? But by the spirit that created us, he says we have different versions, all wrapped up in this one version. That is why when God, after creating man, he said, Ah, it's not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helpmate. And what happened? He made man to sleep, and from inside man, he brought another version of man, right? And that man, he now called what? Woman. There's still another version inside of you. There's still many other versions. <laughs> Your spirit man has so many versions. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Mm. There's a version of you that is made a king. is inside of you. That one rules the environment. There's a version of you that is love. There's a version of you that brings healing. Out of you shall flow rivers of living water. He's talking about your spirit. Your spirit has many rivers. Hey, child of God, wake up. Wake up. Hmm? <laughs> Look at me spiritually. Hmm? Inside of you, inside of your spirit man, that profits, that profits all, is a different version of you. you. You must manifest. You only manifested the version of the flesh. There are other versions of you inside of you. And what brings about the manifestations of those versions in you is the instrument of spiritual growth. Even Jesus himself could not function without that. 
John the Baptist could not function without that. Samuel could not function without that. Every person that you see that has worked with God all engage that same system. It's a must. When the Holy Spirit comes into your life to begin to engage you with God, you must pass through the school of what? Growth. And the tragic thing about it is that the more you are trapped in the lower life, the lower version, certain things can never happen in your life. Just like every parent that gives give birth to a child will not be happy. You get birth to a child today. After three months, the child is still looking uh, feeble. Six months, uh-uh. You'll be worried. You are giving the child food, attention, care, all kinds of vitamins, and the child is still doing like this. Uh-uh. Eight months, the child cannot even stand. Hello? Won't you be worried? He says, something is wrong. But when a child picks up and starts manifesting maturity, wow, you are happy. You are happy. Now, in that child, there's a version of that child you are waiting for. When the version of that child comes up that needs to go to school, what happens? You take the child to the school. You keep waiting. When a version of that child that you need to send to your G-Wagon to go and buy something from you from the market comes, what happens? You wait for that version. When that version comes, you don't care anymore. Come, John, John, hey. Take this car. Go and get me this. But when he's in the old, the, the smaller version of him, even though he's your son, will you give him the key of your car? Even the physical development has different versions. Even in the banking industry, they even honor the physical version. Some banks don't employ you unless you are married. Into Big office, big position, no positions. If you're a single man and they want him to make you MD, they will be careful. They say, ah, this man who is not married, even though you are the best, they want to know that you have a family. Yes. So likewise, too, in the spirit, too, we have different versions of us that must be made manifest. So there are certain blessings you are asking God to manifest in your life. The question is not whether God is able to give you the blessing, but have you manifested a version that attracts that blessing? You are asking you to bless you. God is asking you to grow. Just like, you know, he's saying, Daddy, I see you driving a car. Please give me the key. He said, John, when you grow up, when you have license, I will give you the key. The same thing. Amen. The Holy Spirit is poised to do a lot for us. But as long as you are trapped in these uh, smaller versions, it can't engage us. It can't engage us. So you must, uh, you must bring, you must yield yourself to the instrument of spiritual growth. You must invest in it. You must invest in it. Certain dimensions of your life can never be seen until the version of you that can host it is manifested through growth. Certain dimensions of your life can never be seen. Until the version of you that can host it is manifested through growth.
in the normal human life, the flesh life, the car is built with some protective devices. There's now one, the one we call airbag, right? Now, can you put a child who is five years old in front of the car and expect the airbag to protect the child? Why? Because that child doesn't have the capacity to, to bear the pressure that comes from the airbag. The airbag will kill the child. But it's meant to protect, protect human beings. So there's a version of that child that is required for that child to enjoy the protection that the airbag brings. Do you know there's a version of you that is required for the supernatural manifestation of the power of God? If you want to pass through the fire and the fire will not burn you, there's an anointing that you must have the capacity to carry. There's a consecration you need to carry. So that when you pass through the fire, then the fire will not be able to burn you. If not, if God mounts the anointing on you, the anointing can even kill you. Because the version of you that you are bearing lacks capacity. Lacks the ethics that host it. Lacks the morality that host it. Okay. When God was about to bless the people of Israel with a man called Samson, what did God tell the mother? May he never drink any strong wine. So that is the ethics and the morality that govern the version of him that must hold that type of spirit of mind. Hey, God help me. God help me. You want protection. You want prosperity. You want favor. You want breakthroughs. Wow. You have the capacity to host the blessing that comes with it. If God gives you that kind of prosperity today, today, you will not go to church again. It's a matter of two months, three months, four months. Ah, I'm too busy. I need to go for this business summit. I need to invest in Kenya. I need to invest in the U.S. You'll be flying around before you know it. When they call you for Bible study, say, sorry, just put me in prayer. Eh? I will see you guys. And by so doing, what happens? You are going down already. Gradually, even money mass will be an issue. Sunday mass, you are still flying. Before you know, six months, you are still flying. Two years, three years. The Spirit is telling you, you can even have online mass. God understands. And over time, hedonism enters. And based on that, when the devil engages you based on what has been committed to you, you can easily compromise. When you are subject to an attack, maybe to kill you, you start looking for other source of protection. How many have kicked God in their prosperity? So you must engage the instrument of growth in your life. You must make it a number one priority in your life to grow every day. You must. First of all, you have to register your consciousness. Part of why the devil has kept us where, he, where we are today is because he took away that understanding from us. So we just believe that just because we go to church, we pray, we just uh, receive communion, 
we do support the work of God, then things should naturally begin to flow. They are good, but you carry a system that is not consistent with the type of blessing God wants to give you. Why did God not give Jesus anointing when he was 12 years old? Because he needed to grow. But when he was 30, amen, he was baptized, right? The Spirit led him. Still, even when he received the Spirit, the same Spirit led him again into the desert where he now had to fast 40 days and 40 nights. That fasting too catapulted Jesus to another version of him that could host the power of God. And the Bible says he came back. He went with the Spirit, but not with the power. But he came back with the power of the Spirit. He went about doing good. of God, which version of you is operating now? Each version has its own diet. <laughs> Just like the little child too. An infant, a one week old child, you can't give that child what? Semovita. No, the child will die. He goes on what? Milk. Then as the child is growing, when he's transiting from one version to another version, the diet will change. As he continues, the diet will change. As he continues, the diet will change. Are you aware too that when you are now gradually approaching the point of majors with God, your diet will change radically? Just as when you are getting old, you are now getting 60, 70, 80, you start cutting out certain things in your life. Because what you eat determines what you carry. You are blessed in Jesus' name. You are hearing, eh? you are listening to ancient scriptures. They are not written by humans. This is what makes the difference. Your soul will never remain the same. For hearing things like this, they are sticking to your mind, they are sticking to your soul, and even though you don't understand what is happening now, you are sowing seeds in your soul that a time will come when it starts sprouting, you will notice a quake in your life. Certain demands will be made of you. You begin to wonder, why am I desiring this? Why is my life going this way? You will see appetite for prayer, Appetite for submission, appetite for righteousness, appetite for the grace of God will so well up inside of you that people will be asking you, sister, what is wrong? Brother, what is wrong? He said, I don't understand myself because what has been planted has started growing. And there's a seed that sprouts and pushes the soil sideways and breaking the ground. Same way, the word will start breaking your fallow grounds and a new passion of you will emerge. Shout a big amen. Every blessing that comes with your life must be hosted. If not, it don't last. There are people who are in the lower version that if they are sick, you pray for them, they are healed. But tomorrow they can be sick again. But it's a version of you that when you step into it, when God blesses you with the grace of healing, he remains with you. You now remain perpetually healed. 
by his wounds, he has made us whole. Not just healing. For many of us, you are healed today. Tomorrow you come back again, you are healed. Next tomorrow, you are healed. But the Holy Spirit wants an achievement in him to bring you to a version where when he impacts you with that grace, that grace will not be depleted. You have capacity to host the oil that keeps you healthy all the time. And each version and blessing that goes with it has a consecration that goes with it. There's a demand from that spirit that is, that is uh, you know, bringing that blessing to you that it makes of you to sustain that grace. As you move from that version to another version, he now brings you, maybe when you are on this version, you fight a battle today, maybe forces will come and contend with you, they will give you a wound. Alright? Praise the Lord. Amen. For instance, they plan to kill you through accident. You are driving, all of a sudden, a trailer came and crushed the car, but you came out unscratched. Wow! They say that's the miracle of God. That's the version. Then, the Holy Ghost is saying, hey, next time, I don't want you to even want your car. To be crushed. He wants you to develop a version that when you step in, while the trailer is coming, something happens. And the trailer will not even touch. You still remain untouched. Be in your car or by yourself. That's another version. And each version goes with the demand of the spirit. Don't be fooled when they are lifting their hands. I bless you. This year will change. Yes, they can decree all those things. But until you begin to work in your different versions, you can't trap those prophecies and manifest them. How many amen have you been shouting since we began? <laughs> when the Lord lays words in our hearts, we release it on you. In the name of Jesus, be blessed. Amen. The blessing will hang waiting for the version that we hosted. You must walk that version. Thank God, this one has sunk very well. We have gotten this one now. Luke chapter 2 verse 40 to 52. Luke chapter 2, verse 40. Are we there? And the child Jesus grew and walked strong in spirit. You see, two words there. And the child Jesus grew and walked strong in spirit filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. Wow. Praise the Lord. That's why any child of God that is waxing strong in spirit, every child of God that is growing and waxing strong in the spirit, don't bother what is happening in your territory. Don't bother if you're not seeing anything. Just keep growing. Just keep growing. Just keep growing. The enemy may sit on the things that should come your way as you grow. But don't be distracted. Continue waxing strong. Keep growing from one version to another. A time will come. Hmm? All those
those things that shall come to you on account of your growth that was interfered by the enemy, the Lord will bring all of them to you. The Bible says when the thief is caught, he will be made to pay seven times what he stole. That's why I'm standing here. I know the blessings that God has ordained for me. It is no longer in the hand of God. He has given it to me. I own it. The receipt of ownership is given to me. I have possessed it already. If you take the car and be driving around, any day they want to ask who is the owner, you don't have paper to show it. I have the papers. I'm the owner. And when the law enforcement agency wants to deal with you, they will take it from you and give it to the rightful owner. So as long as you have your documents, you don't need to bother. Your name is inscribed there. Likewise, in the spirit, Jesus has blessed us with so many things. The devil may play his pranks to delay them, to make you feel that you don't have them. And those who don't understand will start getting worried and they start getting distracted. And part of why he does that is to make you not to concentrate on your growth. So you continue to grow. Because your names has been ascribed to all those blessings. The day the law enforcement agency are now mandated to do some kind of mop-up, they will go around and say, why is this person still here? Who, who, who owns this? And those who have stolen them cannot declare their right of ownership. What happens? Then they trace them to who owns them. And those things will come to you. Don't be distracted. Child of God, you've been blessed. You've been blessed. There's nothing like, uh, my blessings was taken away. It can't be taken away. Your name has been written on those blessings. If you agree with me, shout a big amen. Amen. Now, as I'm talking, I know you have many, many things in your mind about what you're trusting God for. He has released them already. They are in the realm of the Spirit. They are there. I remember many years ago, I've been trusting God. I said, God, what of this? What of this? Say, my son, do you have them already? Why do you live as if you, you, it's not there? Begin to conceive yourself and see them that they are part of you already. But there are versions of you that must bring it out. I started training myself. And while I was training myself, I knew changes were happening in me. My mind was being renewed. My life was changing. I was moving from one step to another step. Continually. Continually. All of a sudden, I said, Lord, I know what you have done in my life thus far. Why am I not seeing the things I've been trusting you? Don't get distracted. Continue. It's a tactic of the enemy to make you to stop growing. Because the more you are growing, the more you have powers over those forces sitting down on your things. Now, one of the things that the Lord revealed to me is this. He said, you are only looking for physical blessing. But he said, you know, I've raised you over people. I've raised you over people. The Bible said the posterity of the righteous shall be delivered. All of us who have people that God has marked to be under us. Your spiritual growth is their emancipation. You didn't get what I just said now. Your life, your faith is meant to cover some people. Be it your children, be it some of your friends and colleagues. God has designed that you are the one to bring them out of quagmire. And what is important here is your spiritual growth. 
if you don't grow, as long as you don't grow, they are in bondage. So the devil is fighting your growth because you know that your growth is their growth. If you don't grow, then all of them are all in bondage. So will you, because you're not seeing the blessings, refuse to grow and put others whom God has assigned to you spiritually without knowing it into bondage? Okay, just imagine if I didn't yield myself to God all these years. The blessing I get today will not be there. Did I know you before? But God told me, if you don't grow, there are people by virtue of eternity you will be connected to that as you grow, Amen. Amen. As you grow, your spiritual system will be networking them. From all over, they will start coming on their own. Your being awakened in this system will awaken them where they are. By time, by chance, they will come and meet you. And when they connect to you, they know that now I've found solace. You can't chase them away. They don't feel that this is the right socket. I'm plugged here. Because your growth is the source of their own growth. And as you are supplying to them, they are equally growing. And all the people that talk to them will also find life. That's why some of you, after some time, you want to go and share with somebody what has happened to you here. And you want them to also come again. You see, by so doing, you are increasing the network. Increasing the network. If I fail, I'll fail all of you. And if you fail, you have failed all the people that are related to you. And they said that's why it's a very serious issue. So if you, if you refuse to grow, your children are at stake. The friends that God has connected to you, they are at stake. And many unseen human beings who by nature God has connected to you all will be in trouble. Now, if Abraham did not grow and walk with God, when the prophets were in bondage for 430 years, and they cried to God, they prayed, God did not listen to them. But God raised the most and said, I've heard a cry of my people in Israel, in, in Egypt, and I'm sending you to go and deliver them, to go and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Because of my covenant with my servant Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I will deliver them. Because of my covenant with them, I have worked with them on account of who they are and what they have achieved in their journey with me, and we deliver them. Even though they are crying to me, their cry makes no sense. Because what moves me, God, is not the cries. What moves me, God, is the stature of growth they have established in your work with God. That's why Jesus told Peter, Peter, do you love me? Feed my lamb. Feed my sheep. Feed my lamb. I want them to grow. I want them to move from one version to another version. And as you move from one version, you are metamorphosing. You are scaling. When you move from one version to another version, a scale of you will drop. You enter that version, a scale of you will drop. And that's the transformation that is taking place. Maybe when you are here, you are dominated with anger, jealousy, and bitterness. That version must be dropped. You must pick up the version of humility and meekness. Then you grow again from that version. Maybe here, there is too much attachment to visual things. You must drop that version of you and pick up another version again. Just that way. The Holy Spirit will deal with each and every of us based on our uniqueness. 
And since I understood this, I don't pray for this any longer. All I did is to look at my life and see which version of me I need to deal with. There's a version that is dominated by sleep and food all the time. You can't fast. You can't fast. All kinds of arguments will come in that, in that area. The devil knows that as long as you are still a slave to the appetite of your appetite for food and for drink, the version of you cannot carry certain power. So he'll make you to mortify that aspect of you and take that version from you. Because if not, you can betray the, the agenda of God based on food. Then as you continue, and that version will be making a demand. There's too much sleep in your life. And that version will start tightening up your sleep time. You just yourself, when the book are up, you can't sleep again. He's demand that that version of you will be taken away. Then he will give you dominion. Because when you rule over those who are under you spiritually, it's at night. If you can't deal with sleep, you can't rule over men, you can't rule over your children, other forces will take them off. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Oh, you are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like the kingdom of God. Spiritual growth is an indispensable mystery in the kingdom of God. Spiritual growth is an indispensable mystery in the kingdom of God. God cannot engage any man or woman that does not pass through the growth process. God cannot engage any man or woman in any reasonable kingdom venture without the person passing through the growth process. So, child of God, if you want God to be serious with you, get into the school of spiritual growth. If you want God to begin to trust you reasonably, you want God to begin to mark you as someone who is serious, then you must enroll in the school of building your spiritual growth. Even Jesus, the Son of God, had to grow. Had to grow. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 26. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 26. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. He says, And the boy Samuel grew, continued to grow in stature. The boy Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and with men. And the boy Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and with men. You see, when he grew in stature, 
he began to find favor with God. And not just with God, but with men. <laughs> There's a version of you that will attract people from men, whether they like it or not. It's a spiritual energy. There's a version of you that you keep maintaining, even in their very presence, they want to favor you, but there's a something in you that is abusive. And you know, one terrible thing about the versions of the, 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 the human person, if you're operating the lower versions that harbor bitterness, anger, all kinds of negativity, materialism, and carelessness, they sum up to produce an energy that you don't see. Amen? Amen. And that energy on their own pushes away good things from you. Especially things that come from God. Those energies push it away. Whether you like it or not, you may not even know it. Why is this man not helping me? Why is this man not doing this? I thought I was his best friend. What energy am I producing? Is there something in me that is sponsoring the energy that's resisting me? So the voice summoned continue to grow in stature in the different versions. And in and in and he grew with favor with God. Each time he grew, he cut he caught up with the favor. He grew again under favor. He grew again under favor. Likewise too, men began to recognize him. Because as God is honoring you, men must necessarily honor you too. So as you grow in stature, God will honor that stature and then men will follow suit to honor that stature. So you must find favor with God and you must also find favor among men. It's God's own agenda. I want to decree today that as you are listening to this message, as God is furnishing you with relevant information and knowledge of the kingdom, your time has come for you to be favored by God and to be favored by men in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. As I'm speaking to you, the Holy Spirit is making demand in your heart already. As I'm sharing this with you, a lot of things are going on in your mind, in your heart. God is showing you things that you must deal with, versions of you that you must drop completely and move on. As you hold on to those old versions, they produce energy that dis- dissipates you must move on and say, enough is enough. This human nature, I think I'm holding and say, this is me. This is not you. It's the version of you that is bringing shame to you. And so you must step into the version of you that will bring, that attracts God's favor. That's what the Holy Spirit is telling us. My child, grow up. Step up. Begin to do the things that this other version demands of you. And as you stick to it, God will favor you in that realm. Men will favor you in that realm. May that be a portion in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Anything that is keeping you down in the old version that makes your life so miserable every time you are searching for peace. You want to be happy. You can't get happiness. There's this depression all the time. This pain all the time in your heart. On 
the sound of my voice, the hold of that version is broken in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. As God has commanded that you grow, the Spirit is poised beyond measure to give you the capacity to sprout and push that earth away and come out into flowers and manifest that version that will attract blessing, that version that will attract favor, that will attract peace and joy in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Luke chapter 1, verse 80. Luke chapter 1, verse 80. And the child John grew and waxed strong in spirit. And the child John grew, you see, himself too, he grew, and worked strong in spirit. Each version of you that manifests, there's a dimension of the spirit that comes upon you, that wraps itself upon you. That's the waxing, you see, wax strong. The spirit waxes himself, anointing, you know, you use oil and keep rubbing on something. From one thickness to another thickness. Hallelujah. Your anointing will be increasing. Anointing will be increasing. So the child John grew and worked strong in the spirit. And he lived in the wilderness until the time of his public appearance to Israel. There's a version of you that the society is waiting for to bless. Your certificate is not enough. Your connection is not enough. We have a CV that many Christians have not developed. We have developed a CVs of academics and school. We have developed a CVs of our connection, but we have failed to develop the CV that comes from God. And when that one is endorsed upon your life, you will see that even without your CV, even without your connection with people, from nowhere God will just locate you. Men will locate and say, hey, come, you are the one meant for this. He said, but, you are saying but, the more you are saying but, they are serving you letters and bringing things to you. He said, my God, how did this happen? That's the dimension that many Christians are bankrupt of. On account of that, you will see that the things that should legitimately come to them don't come to them because they are still operating the old version. You must deal with the things that inhibit God in your life. Hallelujah. Amen. You must deal with the things that God has furnished you with that will help you to grow. If you toy with them, you are toying with your growth and your growth and your stature. And as you are toying with your stature, you are toying with your destiny. You are toying with it. What's the consequence of not growing? That's the last thing we're going to take right now before we now pray. The consequences of not growing. Galatians chapter 4, verse 1. So from now to December, child of God, position yourself that a new version of you will meet the new year. Consciously, you have to begin. You have to begin. You have to sit down and give yourself a prospect and say, no more, no more, no more. Certain things cannot go with me again. I can't continue to allow this version deny me of my legitimate right to the realm of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 4, verse 1. Now I say, as long as a hair is a child, he does not differ 
from all, from all, from different at all, all from a slave. Though he is the owner of everything. Galatians chapter 4, verse 1. Now I say, as long as the hair is a child, hmm? who is the hair? The one who should inherit everything that the father has bequeathed to him, right? He said he does not differ at all from a slave. How can you be a hair at the same time living like a slave? You see, you are the hair apparent to the throne. Everything of royalty has been bequeathed to you, has been given already. But Paul is saying here, as long as you are a child, you are operating your lower version. You are not different from a slave. A slave is the one who is impoverished, who doesn't have benefits like you, who lives in a very dejected situation. But you, your status is different. You have right. You, have, you own everything. You are the owner of the entire package bequeathed to you. Even though you are the owner of it, you've lost the capacity to assess them. Favor is yours. Blessings are yours. Victory is yours. Breakthroughs are yours. Divine maximum security is yours. Peace of mind is yours. Financial breakthrough is yours. All of them are the things that Jesus has bequeathed to the church when he hangs upon the cross. This is what he has given to us. Paul now says he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the realm of the spirit. But as long as you are a child, even though you are a heir to what Jesus has given, all the blessings you are asking for, has been given to you. Whatever I am asking God now and praying is out of ignorance. All has been given. But as long as you are a child in your lower version, you are frustrating your capacity to lay hold of the things God has given to you. No matter how you love your son, he is 13 years old. Can you give me a check to cash 4 million in the bank? Even though you have written your will, my son owns 30 million. The bank will say, excuse me, how many are you? I'm 14. Sorry. You can't call your dad. Even though his name is there. And I'll tell you, he's underage. So he's not different from a beggar. But when he crossed 18, and he comes back with the same check, the same human being, the bank will honor him and give him the money. He can even make a demand, please, can you take your blue bag and take my money home for me? And the bank will honor him, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. But when he came as underage, even though he owns it, they refused him. Are you underage in the spirit, child of God? Yeah, you can say no. <laughs> you see, when you start spending the money, then you have come of age. When you start seeing things happen in your life, you know you are growing. These are teachings that gradually 
power. They have thrown overboard. You don't hear this any longer. I prophesy that this year shall you shall you shall laugh. How? <laughs> and people have shouted, Amen, Amen, Amen. Now they are tired. So when you say you say, Amen. I've been shouting Amen for three years now. Not as happened. This year you shall marry. Amen. But it's a fashion of you that that dispersed men. They're not dead with you. The man God has raised for you is dead. But there's something in you that makes him please me seize you. You say, I like this woman, but I don't know. This thing, I am afraid. But the moment he notices that that thing is no longer there, the man comes. We must look inward and find what these spirits have done to us that is keeping us in the lower version all the time. These negative forces, every time they dominate you, they, they infuse into you things that will keep you undeveloped spiritually. That makes you a baby all the time. People who should favor you don't favor you. People who should shoot with won't come to you. Because the version of you is aversive towards them. Under this grace today, I declare and I declare that these realms of obstruction are brought to naught in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The hand of God has come upon you by the Spirit to bring this reality to your consciousness. It's poised beyond to move you. And as you have received this word today, be moved in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And as the Spirit begins to make demand of you, to begin to strip off from yourself certain versions of you that you know that are inimical to the demands of the Spirit, may you respond by the grace of God in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. As the Holy Spirit is ready to move with us, don't be afraid. Yield yourself to Him. It may appear as if you are a fool, but He's taking you somewhere. May you receive the Spirit and the courage to yield to the demands of the Spirit as pertains to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Every version that has become a curse upon our lives Every version of us that becomes a spell that keeps us, that makes us never to see beyond ourselves into the new realms God has given to us. I curse it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I decree and I declare in the realm of the Spirit that from now henceforth, your antennas will come alive. You'll be sensitive to what the Spirit is demanding from you, and you will walk in the light of it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Every installations of you know, demonic energies that weighs you down, worries, unbelief, ignorance, negativities, all forms of attitude, queer attitudes, all forms of negativity in your mind, every time you're thinking negative. These are things that constitute nuisance to the operations of your growth. I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit that the hand of God will come upon you and destroy them in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Be set free in your mind. Be set free in your body. Be set free in your soul. Be set free in your spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Holy Spirit, pour out your grace. As illumination has come, let there be no darkness anymore. Amen. Dispel every darkness in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. In whatever way, strange spirits have taken hold of our appetites. And every time we mortgage our growth for appetite to satisfy ourselves in different areas, Oh, Heavenly Father, King of Glory, may the hold of those, dom- no, those spirits dominate our emotions and dominate our appetite be broken in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Our appetite to sleep so much, our appetite for laziness, our appetite to jeopardize the things of the spirit, the demands of the spirit, may they lose their grips in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. 
May the Holy Ghost quicken you. As a quickening spirit, may He quicken your appetite, your desire for the things of God, the desire to grow. May He quicken that in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. That as you sleep and wake up, what will occupy your mind is how is my life going today? How will life grow today? What and what am I to do? And then the Holy Spirit will lay in your heart what it takes to be able to grow for that day in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Precious Father, kingdom of God, for without that version of us that you are looking forward to, we cannot host the blessings you have given to us. And as you have sent us, without those blessings, we cannot bless the world. We cannot shine. We cannot manifest your glory. Heavenly Father, help us. Help us, Holy Spirit. And so as you have taken us on these dimensions of knowledge, as we are progressively continuing in this reality, we ask, O oh, Heavenly Father, that the very things you have ordained for us will begin to manifest in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Father, for your faithfulness. Amen. Be thou exalted.